talked about burnout. We talked about all those different things. And let's be honest, for most of us, at least one or two or three or seven of those weeks, we said, I can relate to that. That is something that I am going through. I can ex I've experienced that. Because we live in 2023 America. And on several occasions throughout that series, he kind of talked about a remedy to all of those different problems that we all face in lives that we live. And he talked about one thing. And what I want to do today is double back. And what I want to do today is spend this morning's teaching actually focusing in on that one thing he talked about, which can be a remedy to the different things that each of us face when it comes to lives, when it comes to our mental health. The first movie I ever remember watching as a child, The Wizard of Oz. A classic movie. Now, let me just say, if you have never seen The Wizard of Oz, cancel the rest of your plans for today, because you need to go home and watch it. All right? Now, I vaguely remember this, but we were talking the other day, and apparently this is how I used to watch The Wizard of Oz. I would sit on my dad's lap. I was little at the time, let me just say, right? I would sit on my dad's lap. I would watch for a little while, but then either flying monkeys or the wicked witch would come. I would start crying. I would put my face in my dad's chest and start, and he would say, should I switch it off? And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm watching this. So for those of you who have never seen the Wizard of Oz, quick synopsis, okay? So Dorothy finds herself in this enchanted land that she doesn't want to be in. She comes from Kansas. And she spends the whole movie trying to get her way back to Kansas while encountering said flying monkeys, wicked witch, and making friends on her way. And at the end of the movie, she finds out the secret that she's been looking for all along to get back to Kansas. And at that point, Glinda, the good witch, says, you've always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself. When it comes to beating the things that wear us down, that burn us out, that cause us stress, that causes anxiety, that cause us despair, we have the power. Some of us just need to learn it. And so today, what we are focusing on and what I want to talk to it about is this, praise. The answer to so many things that we face in life is actually praise. And for some of you, the light bulb just went off as to why I got up here to talk at 10 after 10. Because not only am I going to talk about it today, we're going to do it. Okay, so we flipped the service. So all that to say, when I finish preaching today, it's not the end of the service. We are actually going to practically look at and practically do praise. See, here's the thing with praise. Some of you started reading the Bible in a year, January 1st, right? And you start going through the books. So Genesis, Exodus, and then you got to Leviticus. Right? And you see, like, the Levitical laws of leprosy and all these weird and wonderful things, and you think to yourself, does that actually apply to me? Does that pertain to me? See, when it comes to praise, there is no ambiguity in the Bible as to who has to praise. 
Psalm 150, verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now, I know this is 2023 America, and nobody is allowed to tell you what to do. So let me give you an out today. If you are not breathing, you can go on your phone, you can do whatever you want to do, because this does not apply to you, what I'm about to say. Okay? You, you have it, right? But the Bible tells us, let everything that has breath. In fact, Jesus said, if we didn't praise, then the rocks would cry out, right? It is on us to praise God. Now, here's the thing in the Bible. When God tells us to do something, oftentimes there is a blessing associated with it for us. There is a benefit that comes. He doesn't just tell us to do things for the sake of it. Now, let me quickly just say this. I don't praise God to get the blessings and the benefits from it. I praise God because he deserves it. I praise God because I would not have said breath if it was not for him. I would have nothing, I would be nobody if it was not for God. So that is why I praise him. But the Bible is actually full of different benefits that we can get when we praise God. And so today I want to quickly look at five benefits. Just in case you're still in half a mind about this whole praising God thing, I want to give you five benefits that come from praising God. Number one is this. Praising God lifts your spirits. Right? Ever walked in here and you have had the week from heck, okay? And you are just beat down. You're discouraged. You are tired. You are depressed. And you sit in here and you're thinking, why am I here? I should have stayed in bed. And then the band starts playing. And people start singing. And before you know it, you are feeling so much better, right, about what is going on in your life. Now, there is nothing like what we do here, corporate worship. But let me quickly just say this. When I talk about praise today, yes, this is awesome when we do this, and this is one of the reasons we gather together, is to praise God together. But praise doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning between 10 and 10.15. I can praise in my car. I can praise in my bathroom. Who praises in the shower, right? right? So there are different places that I can praise God. But the great part is when I praise God, it, it lifts my spirits. See, we come and live six days, 23 hours a week in a world that is struggling to find hope. There is no hope out there. And we come in here, and as we sing, as we praise, we're reminded of the hope that we have. One of the great things in, this, in the Calm Down series that we did was, is we looked at different characters in the Bible. These great people of God who we all look up to and revere, and we realized that, you know what, they had problems just like us. Elijah, Jeremiah, my favorite one. And when I get to heaven, I'm gonna look for him and thank him because reading his story makes me feel better about some of the things that I have been through. But you look at the life of David, right? I mean, there are points in David's life. This is the great King David. This is the, the, the guy who, as a kid, killed Goliath. 
But truly, there are points of David's life that are a hot mess inside of a dumpster fire inside of a train wreck, right? It's, it, it's just a mess, his life. And that same, thi- that same David wrote a lot of the Psalms. And so when you look at Psalm 46, okay? So we find David in far- Psalm 46, he says this, why, 42, sorry, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Ever felt discouraged? Ever felt sad? Right? Here's the antidote to it. He says, I will put my hope, that thing the world is all looking for, where? In God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. When my spirits need lifting, when I need reminding in a hopeless world that there is hope out there, where do I, what do I do? I praise him again. What does praise do? Praising God lifts my spirits. The second thing that God, praising God does is this. Praising God helps me sense God's presence. There has never been a second that you have not been without God, okay? The Bible is full of promises about God never leaving us. We will never be alone. He's right there beside us. But let's be honest. For all of us, there are times when we don't feel him. Ever said, okay, God, where are you? So here's the thing in those times, though. God the rock has not moved, So if I don't feel God's presence, if I feel alone, if I don't sense God with me, who has moved? I have, right? It's the only way this works. If I don't feel God's presence, I've moved. And therefore, if I want to get back into God's presence, who needs to move? You guys are awake even without the the hours lost, right? I do. And what do I do? I need to move into God's presence. We don't have this verse up on, um, up on the screen here, but Psalm 100 puts it so beautifully. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I'm looking for the key to get to where God is. I enter his courts with praise. Praise gets me from where I am, feeling lonely, feeling alone, feeling like there's nobody there for me, feeling like nobody is hearing me, feeling like my prayers are bouncing back from the ceiling. On days like this, when I don't feel God's presence, what do I need to do to get back into his presence? Praise. It all comes down to praise. You had the key all along, my dear. We have the answer there for us when I praise God. So what does praising God do? Praising God helps me sense God's presence. The third thing, praising God reminds me of his greatness. When I praise God, it makes him bigger in my eyes. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will sing praises to God's name. I will magnify him as I give him thanks. Magnify here means praise. I turned 50 last year. 
50 is the gift that keeps on giving and nothing good, right? So <laughs> aches and pains where I never had aches and pains before. More trips to the doctor in a year. My insurance company were like, wait, she is alive. She's finally going to the doctor, right? And one of the gifts that the age of 50 gave me was the inability to be able to read a sheet of paper. You all get me. You know what it's like. So, you know, I was, you know, got worse and worse till I kind of gave in and said, I guess I need to start wearing reading glasses. And then you spend half your life trying to find reading glasses because you've put them somewhere and you don't remember where they are. Oftentimes, they are on top of your head, right? Yeah. So I didn't always need the glasses. Sometimes I could kind of struggle through. So if you were here on uh, Christmas Eve, thankfully, microphones don't pick up thoughts. Because I stood up here to preach on Christmas Eve, I looked at my notes, and I went, oh boy. I could barely read a single thing on my notes up here on the podium. Now, here's the thing. You may say, well, why didn't you bring your glasses? When it comes to preaching, reading glasses are a hard gig because it's like, I glance down at my notes, I look up, I look at you guys, glance down, so I'd be putting them on and off. So that really wasn't the answer for, for what um, happened. So, Apologies to you if you were here Christmas Eve. No idea what sermon you got. Hopefully it was similar. Um, the good news is it's Christmas Eve. Who the heck's listening to me anyway? But right, so I made an appointment and I went to the eye doctor and I said, listen, this is what I need to do. It's always interesting when you lead with, I preach for a living and I need to be able to read my notes. And they look at you like, okay. So she gave me some different suggestions. And so here is where we are at. And yes, the bad news is I can read my notes. You were all thinking you were going to get out early today, right? So here is where we are at. We were talking this week about creation um, at Foundations class. And again, this is one of those fascinating things that God created our bodies to do. So now I wear a contact lens, but just in one eye. So my dominant eye has no contact lens. That is going to be used for distance. This eye has a contact lens, and now I can read papers with it. I have no idea how it all works. I'm just glad that it does. So here's the thing. There is now, in my limited biological view, right, there is now my eyeball. There is now something on it that magnifies, and there is a piece of paper that Charlotte can finally read, right? When it comes to our praise, there's Charlotte, there is praise, and what does that praise do? It magnifies God. Why is that so important for that to happen? Here's why. Because the bigger God gets, the smaller my problems get. Right? The bigger he is, he overshadows everything else going on in my life. The bigger I make God... I can deal with the other things that are happening. Now, let me just warn you that actually the converse can happen too. Sometimes we make our problems huge and we make God small. But if we want to make our problems manageable, if we want to make our worries small, if we want to make the things that are bothering us and are weighing us down as small as possible, we make God big. 
And as I make God big, I realize that for the God of the universe, this huge God, actually that thing that's happening in my life, if he can take care of all of this, he's got that covered. If he can hang the stars, you know what? That bill that I'm worrying about, small change, right? If he can keep the planets going without colliding, if he can make everything outside and how beautiful it is, if every day he can paint a different sunset, he's got that health thing that is worrying me. And so as I praise, as I say to God, you know what, God, you reign above it all. You reign over everything, over the universe, over everything that's going on. As I say that to God, everything else fades away. Why is praise so important? Because praising God reminds me of his greatness. Praising God reminds me how big he is. And as big as he is, that means those things that are bothering me are a little smaller. Number four, praising God helps me remember his blessings. I am guessing I am not the only one. But we tend to be negative by nature right? Ever had like a pretty good day, except for that one altercation with the lady who had 11 items in the 10-item lane in Stop and Shop, right? And you had a bit of a disagreement with her. And at night, when I lay my head on my pillow, what am I thinking about? The negative, right? We tend towards the negative, the problems, the worries, the things that are weighing us down. And it's very, very easy for us to only see the bad and not to see any of the good. What praise does in that regard is this. It balances us. It rebalances us. It reminds us that there are two sides to things. If we go back to um, the psalmist David, Psalm 103, David says this. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. So he starts with, I'm going to praise you, God. And then he says, I'm not going to forget the good things that he's done for me. And then he starts listing the things that he has done for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. This last part I'm holding on to with faith, okay? My youth is renewed like the eagles. They have good eyes, apparently, so I'm really holding on to that one, right? But you know what? He starts with, I'm going to praise God. And then he reminds himself of the things that God has blessed him with with. See, we, we live in a fallen world. Life, unfortunately, is never going to be all good. But we got to be honest, as bad as things get, even in our worst times, there are so many good things that God has done and is doing for us. I'm a daughter of God. He decided that the world needed a Charlotte Pendleton in it. In fact, he loved me so much that he sent his most prized possession to die so that 
He could spend eternity with me. If nothing else, I have so much that I need to praise God for. And so praise rebalances. It reminds me, there are so many blessings, and I am not in any way minimizing some of the things that you are going through or have been through. There are some horrible things happen in life, but sometimes we got to get our focus back a little bit. If nothing else, in the light of eternity, my life is basically a blip. I'm going to get through it. I will get through it. And here's how, one of the reasons, I praise God to remember the things he has blessed me with. As I said before, if you have breath in your lungs, you got something to thank God for, and he has blessed you with. What does praising God do? Praising God helps me remember his blessings, reminds me that no matter what is happening, I still got that he has blessed me with. So many things he has blessed me with. Number five, praising God breaks chains and opens doors. You may be in a situation right now that you can't control. You may be in a situation that you can't get out of. You're stuck. This morning, you may be imprisoned. Not literally, but you may be imprisoned by things like fear, anxiety, stress, worry, a situation that is out of your control, and it has got you bound up and unable to function. Here's what I want to tell you today. If that is you this morning, you are in the prime place to praise God in advance for what he's going to do. We don't just praise God for the things he's done. We need to get to the place where we praise God in faith for the things that he is going to do. In the book of Acts, we find um, Paul and Silas in Philippi. And in Acts 16, there is a story there. There was a woman who was possessed by a spirit. And she bugged them for days until they could take it no longer. And what they did was they prayed for her to be freed from the spirit, and she was. The problem was that there were some men who actually made money from her being, having the ability to do things due to the spirits that had possessed her. And they were not happy about the fact that she no longer had that ability. They had lost their way of making money. And so they gave Paul and Silas over to the magistrates to be tried. And in the book um, of Acts, in, verse, in chapter 16, verse 22, the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. All right, so here we have Paul and Silas, thrown into prison, stripped and beaten with rods, okay? Uh, their feet were, fa- feet were fastened in the stocks. And let me just say, the ACLU was nowhere in the picture, so this was a jail that we would not want to be in. Okay, it would have been dirty. It would have been 
smelly. It would have been dark. It would not have been a pleasant place whatsoever. Can't even imagine creepy crawlies, but that's just another uh, issue, right? And this is where Paul and Silas find themselves. Absolutely no reason to praise God, you would think, in that situation. What am I praising God for right here? And yet, in the next verse, here's what it says that they, they did then. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. It was the original jailhouse rock. All right? <laughs> Just saying. Elvis was not first to this. God beat him to it. Okay? Sorry, Tom. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. What did Paul and Silas have to praise God about? Prison? Being beaten? Stripped? Put in stocks? But here's the thing. As they praised God, the chains fell off. You may not be in actual chains this morning, but some of you are being bound and held up to the point where it is taking over your life and you really can't function. And this morning, I want to remind you, what do you need to do at that point? You got to praise. As you praise, the chains are going to be broken. As you praise, doors are going to be opened. As you praise, freedom is going to come. As you praise, God is going to move. As you praise, hope appears. Answers appear. Ever been praising God and you know what, there's something that you just didn't know the answer to and all of a sudden in your head you're like, wait, that was it, right? As you praise, things happen. That is why we praise. And so this morning, what we are going to do in a few minutes is this. We're going to praise. Now, let me just quickly say this. Because let's be honest. There is praise and there's praise. Okay? And you may never have entered in to praise and worship before. You may say, that's all a little foreign to me. I don't really get it. Let me just answer a few of your questions. You may be nervous that everybody is watching you and they're going to see what you are doing. Let me just tell you this this morning. When you praise, you praise for an audience of one. And here is the thing. He delights in you. So no matter what you are doing, focus your attention and imagine this because it's actually happening. The God of the universe is smiling over you as you praise. So don't worry about what anybody else sees. Don't worry about who's watching you. They should be doing their own thing, and that's okay. God is watching you as you praise. Now, some of you have questions about this whole hand-raising thing, right? Let me tell you this. When I go to City Field this season, and Pete Alonso hits yet another home run, do you know what I am going to do? Right out of my seat. Now... If, unfortunately, you're on the other side of town, I hear there's a guy over there hits a home run or two also, right? So, 
That's how you get a reaction when you preach, Dad. You just mentioned baseball, right? So here's the thing. God has done infinitely more than hit a ball over the right field fence, right? So this morning, you might want to say, you know what, God? I just thank you for what you've done for me. I just thank you for the blessings that you've given me. I thank you for the things that you are going to break as I praise. I thank you for the answers that are going to come. Don't, you're cool completely, but that is why we lift our hands and we praise. You know what, God, you are incredible. You are amazing. I thank you, God. Another deterrent for some of us to praising is this. Some of you may say, I cannot sing for anything. You may be, wait for it, Tom. You may be a jailhouse singer. Do you know what a jailhouse singer is? You're always behind a few bars and you never have the right key. You didn't know you were getting dad jokes when you came today, right? But can I just say this? God made your singing voice, okay? And those of us who can't sing obviously got something else, something down the road somewhere else, right? But again, like I said before, God doesn't care. He just wants to hear from you. He just wants to know that you praise him. He just wants to hear your voice. He is smiling over you as you, hit, you sing. In fact, the Bible says that God inhabits your praises. So when you start to praise, God camps out there. And he says, this is good stuff. I know she can't sing, but that's okay. I'm good with it because I'm just listening to the words that they say. It may be a long time since you've entered into worship. You may never have done it before. Here's what I want to encourage you with this morning. Lift your eyes. Take them off everything around you. Take them off the things that are weighing you down. Take them off the things that you are worried about. Take them off the things that, you know what, you just can't get your head off of. And today, magnify God. As you magnify God, things are going to happen. As you magnify God, chains are going to be broken. As you magnify God, that thing that you are stressed about is going to disappear and be made smaller in God's presence. You want to stand with me as the band comes up?